Welcome back. I'm Emily at Emily's podcast, Tribute to All Little Angels. I am proud to announce our podcast being aired on YouTube. And with that being said, we are being allowed 20 minutes or more for the episodes. So I am going to re-record the short versions of the questions and answers into a 25-minute episode so that the questions and answers will be heard for those listeners also. Thank you for being patient. Part 4, Episode 1 of the Review of Questions and Answers. This set of questions comes from Part 1, Episode 1. Number 1. What made you take pictures over the years? Answer. This question has been asked to me over the years since 1999. I have even thought the same thing. My answer would always be, I find peace of mind in it, and I would say, you never know what a picture will capture. And then to think, is this the reason? Number two, what made them think they could get away with what they have done? Answer, this is a question we may want to ask them. I know I'm certainly looking forward to the answer. Number three, what made them say they cut down a tree where there was no tree in that area? Answer, I believe to make others believe the headstones have not moved, which to me is odd if we couldn't force them to move the headstones back. Number four, why did you go to the cemetery daily? Answer, when we realized the attorney was not going to file the emergency injunction he had us notarize, if they did start to dig in the cemetery to stop them from digging to fix the drain system. I went to the cemetery two, three times a day and I took pictures of their daily work. I felt I needed to keep an even closer eye on everything going on out there then. Number five, why aren't the state representatives looking into this? Answer, I'm not too sure they aren't, but if they aren't, they need to be. Number six, why is the city telling people no one else is complaining or has complained? Answer, I know I have complained. I have talked to others that said they have called and complained. I believe others may have to be satisfied with them saying they cut down a tree, but I know 100% they did not. Number seven, do you have letters in response to your letters you wrote to the governor, senators, and representatives? Answer, yes, I do. And the letters in response were not a discouraging response. They would be responses of what my actions should be next. I would be told, keep putting it out there. And I greatly appreciate their advice and or words of encouragement. Number eight, what are you hoping to accomplish with this podcast? 
Answer. When we received the letter of the denial from the funeral board, the bar association, and then the eternal attorney general just recently, we knew we needed to go public in hopes to get the word out there for others to know of this matter. We hope to draft new laws of this matter so it doesn't happen to another individual. We hope to have our loved ones identified before they are laid to rest. Because if Megan's casket would have been identified to match up to her in the casket, it could have made a big difference. Number nine, did the woman from the funeral home call you back the morning of November 27, 2019, when you called her that morning? Answer, no. There was no communication from her until my daughter Nicole and I went into the funeral home the Monday morning after Thanksgiving to talk to her about running DNA on the remains. When she informed us then, they had already done the cremation before she had gotten to work that morning, yet failed to call to tell us. Number 10. If there are no laws of this kind of matter in the state of Oklahoma, what or how did the attorney pursue this case based on what law or laws? Answer. I would love to hear the answer to this question also. Maybe one day out of the goodness of his heart, he would share the answer with all of us. This set of questions is from part one, episode two. Number one, are you able to share the pictures? Answer, yes, I am more than willing to share the pictures. The pictures tells the story. Number two, Emily, how are you? Answer, I'm exhausted and yet I keep moving forward because no matter what emotions have come out throughout all of this and within me, this needs the attention and needs to be brought to others' attention to get it fixed. I do have tough days more than not, but when I read something to this, I know God has brought me to this and he will see me through it. This is what it read. I am ready, willing, and able to do all that is mine to do. When I affirm the best and highest things will unfold as I move forward in life. I am connecting with the unlimited potential and presence of God within and making it my focus. I, may, I might speak affirmations aloud, write them down, or post them so I will see them often. A simple yes is a powerful way to keep a positive attitude. From today forward, I speak heartfelt affirmations of my strength, power, willingness to grow, and the possibilities that come with accepting any situation I face. The presence of God within me is far more powerful than any earthly challenge. I am ready, willing, and able to walk through anything. Yes, I can. 
Yes, I will. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great hidden things that you have not known. Jeremiah 33, 3, Daily Word. This is how I cope to get through this. Number three, the headstone you speak of that was set in west of the tree in area in question in 2019, do you have the pictures to compare it to then and now? Answer, yes, I do. In fact, when it was set in in 2019, I noticed the year on it was 1992, seven years before Megan was laid to rest in 1999. Number four, on January 16, 2019, when the city admitted the headstones had been moved, did the city move them headstones back? Answer, no. Number five, Hello, Emily. I know this has had to be hard on you. My question for you is, what are you doing to cope with all of this? Answer, keeping my faith, staying positive as I can, and I do know the relationship between God and I have become more and more powerful over the years, and I thank him for that, and I thank you for that question. Number six, Emily, I have listened to each episode of your podcast, and I know this is hard on you. I want you to know that I am proud of you for putting this out there. It took courage, and all of the angels out here are on your side, and you are their hero. Answer, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And I don't know if I would say hero, but I do believe if this was anyone else in this situation, they would fight. They would fight, fight, fight too. I mean, this is my granddaughter. Who else wouldn't? Number seven, when your family members visited you, you say you went to the cemetery. Your niece found a plot marker indentation in the ground. What did your niece do with what she found? Answer. She took pictures. She talked to me about them. Then she posted the pictures of what she found on her cousin's Facebook page, Cemetery Cover Up, public page for others to view the pictures. A day or two later, I took pictures of the same indent marks in the grass and ground. I took a picture of a newer plot marker from the newer area of the cemetery to match it up. It matched up to the newer plot marker, even to the hole in the center of it in the ground. Number eight, if this started in May 2015, why did it take so long to hire an attorney in June of 2017? Answer, 2015 until 2017, the fight of phone calls being made and no communication for the first month or two shy of being a year, we finally did get to talk to somebody and it was a denial game. 
I went into investigative mode, taking more and more pictures to compare them to older pictures, all the while receiving advice from an attorney throughout the early phases of this when letters started going out. Then when the proof was undeniable, I contacted an attorney in June of 2017, which not much had been done until January of 2019, when the nightmare started in November of 2019, when they dug the headstone up. Number nine. Do you think if you wouldn't have showed the groundsman on January 18, 2019, where Megan was originally laid to rest, the outcome could have come out differently? Answer, oh my gosh, yes. Like I said, my attorney and I handed the blueprint over of where Megan was and what and how to identify her. So to that question, the answer is yes. Number 10, Emily, are you still taking pictures when you go to the cemetery? Answer, yes, I do. I have to until Megan's and the other angel's story comes to a rest, to be concluded, to be fixed. They deserve that. This set of questions is from part one, episode three. Question one, in May of 2020, when you took pictures and saw orbs in the pictures, have you thought of hiring a psychic? Answer, yes, I have thought about it. I have gone back and forth with it and I may still at one time or another anything that will help. Number two, the lady that contacted you and you had a lengthy conversation with, she mentioned helping you. Has she helped you any more other than giving you a few pointers? Answer, no. I'm sorry to say I have not heard any more from her. Number three, the headstone they dug up on November 26, 2019, how deep was the casket buried and is this where the trench auger lines were found? Answer, the casket was buried 2.4 feet deep and yes, that's where the lines were found four days after they show in pictures. The line show in pictures, they are there on November 22nd, 2019, four days before we found them, the day of the digging of the headstone, November 26, 2019. Number four, do you have pictures of the pole, the trench auger pole, and when was the picture taken? Answer, yes, I do have the picture of the pole laying in the grass. The picture was taken the morning of November 22nd, 2019, four days before digging of the headstone. Number five, Emily, I'm so very sorry you've had to go through this. I can't imagine that another human being would act like this, whether dead or alive. Answer, I'm sorry too. 
In the beginning, I believed in good faith they would do what was right. So much of this has been so unnecessary. It could have worked out so much differently. They chose to keep the lie that they cut down a tree. Look at the pictures. There was no tree. Number six. In the cemetery, are there other areas that flood as bad as baby land? Answer. It gets and has flooded and puddled in other areas, but baby land gets the worst of it. Even after they fix the drains, when it rains, it's like a pond in the area. There are also pictures to show the pond. Number seven, do you believe the casket that was dug up is the same casket you buried Megan in? Answer, the casket we buried Megan in was a casket bolt combination. When they dug up the casket, it did not look like the one we buried her in. The pictures clearly show that too. And then to compare it to the casket that was in 1999. Number eight, are you happy with the way the podcast is going? Answer, yes, I am. It has been a great help. I need the advice to draft laws. I need a state representative to represent us for this cause. This should not have happened and it can't happen again. No one deserves this. I am reaching out for help to get this resolved and I appreciate any and all of the help. Number nine, this is not a question for Emily. This is a question for the public. Why hasn't anyone stepped up to look into this? Look at the information, look at the pictures. The pictures will tell it all if someone would take a look at it. Thank you for that. I wish someone would. I have prayed that prayer for years now, but the main thing is I'm still here moving forward and I will not stop until they make it right. Let them rest. Number 10. You said on the podcast that you called the city attorney. He called you back, correct? When you asked him after you told him what the reason for your call was, you asked him when he would call you back and he replied, he wouldn't, but someone will. Has anyone called you back? Answer, yes, correct. He did return my first call, but no one has contacted me since. This set of questions is from part one, episode four. Question one, you spoke of an overlay picture. Are you willing to share the picture? Answer, yes, I am willing to share the overlay picture, the reenactment pictures, and the comparison pictures. Yes, I'm willing to share it all. Number two, what made you do a podcast? Answer, we knew we needed to do the podcast to get the word out to the public as soon as possible. 
when it seemed as though other people in other states outside of the state of Oklahoma were seeing it, and yet I was being denied here and or ignored. I was given the advice to do the podcast. We started it right away. It has been a learning experience, but we have to do what we can to get the word in the hands of someone to help. Question three. When you sent the pictures to the photographer, the one who overlaid your picture, how long did it take him to respond? Answer. He responded right away that he could see it on site. Then when I received the result of the overlay picture, I knew, which I already knew. But to me, the proof was still adding up. The results of the truth are in the overlay picture also. Number four, the girl that found the package of this case in your in a rental car, who left the packet in the car? And is this lady still helping? Answer, my sister-in-law and brother accidentally left the packet in the back seat of a rental car and yes, this young lady has been a big help and I greatly appreciate her advice. She's not in this state either, the photographer neither, and I do not believe they know one another in another region of the states, but they both seen it. Question five. Wow, you said you started taking pictures in 1999. The flood happened in 2015. You are working hard to prove what you are saying to be true. I believe too, God has had this in a plan for you since your granddaughter passed away in 1999. Not knowing back then, I'm sure you didn't, but I can see it just from hearing your story. Yes, Emily, keep putting this out there. There are good-hearted people still here. Answer, I know it now too. It's been tough to grasp, especially with it all still unresolved. The fight should not be this hard, but I will keep fighting because we can't be ignored either. Number six, the woman at the funeral home you mentioned when you went to pick up Megan's belongings and your daughter and you went to talk to about running DNA, you said her demeanor had changed towards you then from other times when you had talked with her. How? Answer. Well, when I first visited her at the funeral home and she worked with us, she was ever so friendly and helpful. We even shared a story of her grandchild. We had tears in our eyes. Then when they went ahead and cremated without knowledge, even after sending email not to, and hearing when you send an email to a business like that, the email goes out to all the employees, not just her, if she wasn't there at that time. And she wasn't in the next morning. But when we went in the following Monday after Thanksgiving, she was so cold towards us. Actions really do speak louder than words. 
Number seven. How much rain fell the day it flooded? Answer. 7.1 inches of rain. The main street where the cemetery is located was even closed because of all the water. Number eight. The drain that the cemetery put in sets above the water level and cannot drain the water. Is the city planning to fix that so the water can drain off? Answer. I really can't answer that question at this time because I have no idea. Number nine. Hello, Emily. You said on the podcast that you are seeking help from anyone that can help draft laws so this doesn't put another family through this. Have you heard from anyone or from the city willing to help? Answer. No, I haven't yet, and I'm certainly hoping I will. I am keeping my faith that there are still good people. Number 10. The letter in response from the city about the matter as you explained. First they said they didn't know you. Then they said they haven't heard from you. I agree with you. I find it rather odd to say the least. Answer. Thank you for that. Yes. I agree with you. It is odd. Thank you for listening. Stay kind with your word.